We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Well-briety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, yeah. Wally is my spirit animal. Unspoken words episode, episode 84, the Randy Moss episode, the Mandy Ross episode. Hey. Hey. 84. Yes. 84. 1984. Randy Moss when he was Minnesota Vikings, by yeah. the way. Yes, sir. What was you got mossed. You got mossed. Yeah. You got mossed. You got you got to say it with that West Virginia drawl. You all got mossed. Randy mossed. mossed. Y'all got mossed. Y'all got mossed. There you go. That's Y'all right. got mossed. Y'all got mossed. Johnny Moss. Varsity Blues. You know what, that, what the hell is that? Speaking of draw, remember when they're on that, that table and they're playing quarters and then she makes it and she goes, nothing but net. <laughs> oh, man, I just cringe every time I watch that part. It's like, what? Oh, like because it's corny? Yeah. Cause it's just, uh, I don't even remember night. that part. Yeah, they're sitting around playing quarters. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, over here to my left. All the way from LG, he's the pod. Gotti Randy B, say what's up. What's up, what's up? And over here to my right, all the way from Arrow Creek, he's your favorite Indian, JCB, say what's up. Hello. And across the way from me tonight, special guest in the house, Jordan Friend. What up, Say Rez? what's up. Oh, what up, what up, what up, fam? What up, fam? <laughs> we're here. We are here in the house. In the house. Uh, we're going to learn about... Her job and what she does and why she's here tonight in a little bit. But before we do, you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs from Arrow Creek. Uh, oh, thank you guys just for joining me. Yeah, just right up the road here. Oh, from up the road too, in Arrow Creek. Up, up, up the road. Uppity ups. Way up the road. All right, cool. But before we get into the interview portion with Jordan, we got I got some icebreaker questions for us. We'll just go around the horn, uh, answer freely. Who? Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it PG-13. Oh, man. You got to do the beep out button. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get, re- get that ready to beep. <laughs> man, that's <laughs> These mother... <laughs> Ooh, come oh. on. <laughs> I, I wanted to hear you say it. No, oh, these man. mother... There we go. Good job. Okay, who was your worst grade school teacher you've ever had? Do we we, we got to call out some names? Uh, you can if you want. I say my fifth grade teacher, I don't know if I want to say her name, but she was terrible. Because <laughs> I, remember, I remember specifically why I thought she, like in all my years of education, that she was the worst. She had us write what we want to do in the future. And there's a handful of us boys that said we wanted to play in the NBA because basketball is so huge on the res. Like, we wanted to play in the NBA. And we wrote our papers, and we turned them in. She read them. She gave them back, and she said, you need to pick something that's realistic. You know who else they said that to? 
Almost, to the word is Jason Tatum. No. I'm pretty sure that was. Didn't they say uh, something to Jalen Brown, too? Oh, was like it him? his teacher was like, in five years, you're going to be in prison? Yeah. It was okay. Maybe yeah, it was yeah. him then. Maybe it was Jalen Brown. I, I thought it was Jason Tatum. But still. Still. Playing in the finals. Yeah. And like, I mean, we didn't make it to the NBA. But just that fact, I always remember that. Because like some of the boys like cried. My class. I just remember I was pissed. (laughs) Who were they? Because we had to redo the papers. We had to redo our papers. Who all cried? Uh, What's his name? And (laughs) what's his name's brother? That one guy. And uh, what's his name? Describe him. him. We'll see if we can name him. The tall Uh, one and the short one. Yeah, he was brown. (laughs) He had eyebrows, lips. <laughs> and socks oh. and shoes. Him, okay. remember? Yeah, yeah. I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to the Vague Show. Yeah. How about you? The rest of you? I don't think I had a bad teacher. I really don't. Mm. Not in grade school. Oh Ever? man. No, like there. While well, there was this guy, my fourth grade teacher, but I don't. I wouldn't call him bad. I think he was just a disciplinarian. Oh. Kind of ran a tight ship because mm. he was a military guy. You know, but I don't think like. Anybody was bad. I got to say, <clears throat> my fourth grade teacher, and that year I transferred like three different times. Yeah. Oh, so wow. you can't nail it down. They'll, they'll never know. <laughs> but this guy was, man, we'd be sitting in class and somebody would do something wrong and he would just like flip out, like scream, like, ah. And then, you know, it got to the point where I'd look at the kid in front of me and he'd be writing, he'd plug his ear with his shoulder and be able to write and then hold his other oh. ear like that. So basically plugging his ears while this guy was flipping out. And this is back in the day, like, when you can paddle kids. And, man, he loved to take you down to the principal's office. I mean, he's just, it was abusive. It was abusive. Abuse. It was abusive. You could paddle kids back then? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, this and is no, 1960s. Hey, 60s? <laughs> so you were there during the race rides. <laughs> this was before segregation. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. I, I'm always teasing him about being younger than me. But, uh, <laughs> I got to expect it back. But anyway, okay, so um, one time they, this girl lost like $5. I don't know where she lost it, what happened. Uh-huh. But then I don't know how I got picked out. And I told him, no, 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 no. And finally, he's flipping out, and he drug me down to the um, principal's office. I sat there with two of these grown men. I'm a little fourth grader, and they were just freaking out on me. Oh. Just like, ah, we know you took it. You know, you got it. And then they whipped out that paddle, and this, this basically like this board with a leather strap that was folded at the end. Huh. And, man, I got paddled. They kept saying, tell us you took it. Tell us the truth. And I didn't take it. So I kept saying no. And finally... They broke me, and I said, yes, all right, I took it. And so I had to go home, and I had to tell my mom that I took $5, which I didn't take, and then give bring $5 back, I think I remember. And then, okay, so here's the kicker. Like about a week later, some other little girl got student of the week for finding $5 on the playground. What? what? And I swear with everything that I have that I did not take that money, but I finally admitted to it because just to make that paddling stop. Oh my God. That's jacked up, man. Let's go find these teachers. So that mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. How did that make you feel? When how do you, you want to know how it makes me feel right now? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Still yeah. feeling that one. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I got to say that that's one of those things that affected me for a mm-hmm. long time. Like, oh, yeah. As far as authority figures. Mm. And 
is white people too. Like, hey man, this this guy singled me because it was out. I was out. wasn't on a res school. Wow, okay. I, was, I was off reservation at the time, and so I don't know. I just I held that. I know resentment. I know yeah. I held that in there somewhere. Yeah, you know, uh, it had trust issues, and I don't know. This is like. Okay. Learning how to lie the wrong way, too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Admitting to something. Admitting <laughs> to something so I won't get the paddle. Man. God. Dang. So, yeah, that's worse. Mine was later, a uh, 7th and 8th grade science teacher, and purely because she gave the whole class detention because we were late coming back from swimming, even though it was the teacher's fault we were late coming back. Mm. But we were late, like, every day to her class, and she got fed up with it, and so she detentioned us all then we had a riot so we wouldn't go to her <laughs> class but one guy i still remember his name told on all of us he was the teacher's pet and he told on all of us so we all got detention again it was a whole thing Dang. yeah we oh, were wow. trying to fight the man and yeah she won fight the power <laughs> fight the I power the law and the law won. <laughs> yes and of course it's got to be that kid right oh There's it just was that one. oh if I said his name, everyone I went to school with would immediately yeah, know be I'm talking around like I was. Oh, yeah. Go, yeah. I went to a small school. Yeah, no. we all know who we're talking about I was about the opposite right way, man. We were bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, bro. Like, I remember, like, seventh and eighth grade, like, we locked the teacher out, seventh grade. <laughs> so the other like, she went to go get a She went to go get some papers printed, man. And you know how, like, when you, you're with all the boys, like, yeah, all yeah. the, you yep. know, everybody around the class, you get to talking and, like, man... Like, we want to, like, you go lock it, you go lock it. <laughs> man, she left her keys on the desk, man. She freaking. Rookie mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she was a teacher for a long time. Long story short, man, like, during the summer, that same teacher had a heart attack in her desk and she died. Oh, my goodness. Wasn't you crazy? At the school? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were there Maybe kids? she had PTSD. Man, no, no I don't know. But, like, she was, like, a really good teacher, though. Like, she was passionate about her job. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. was there for a long time, but it was just, like. You know, little res kids being rambunctious, man. Yeah. Like shit kids. <laughs> hey, man, we were shit kids. Hey, I can, like, man, we I can tell you some horror and, stories. Yeah, I probably like, shouldn't <laughs> because you know I've since turned a new, turned a uh, new leaf. That thing. So yeah, I, I no, I, yeah. This fifth grade teacher, she was there on the res teaching, like commuted for like twenty years or something like that. Dang. So she had dedication. <clears throat> Commitment to us, to our little hometown out there, but I think she was just like at the tail end and was like, she should have retired I'm years over before. It. I'm over these Indian kids. That's, I'm yeah. tired of these shit kids out here. Made my <laughs> seventh, tell grade, you. seventh grade teacher cry too. Uh, algebra teacher. Free algebra. <laughs> hey, I, man, I remember she was just crying, man. I got sent to like detention and all that. I, I was a prom child. It's <laughs> funny man. you said that because I know I know one lady. She used to substitute all the time. And as soon as I saw her coming into the school, I was like, "You're gonna cry today." <laughs> Same thing about eighth grade. Just a little shit kid. Yeah, I remember my fourth grade teacher. Uh, I was mouthing off, uh, being kind of you know unruly. And there was a storage room across the way where they kept all the construction paper and all that. She took me in there and spanked me. That was my mom. Oh, God. She was the fourth grade teacher. <laughs> you got me with that. 
My grandma was the home ec teacher, oh. so yeah, <laughs> I relate. Yeah. Well, my dad used to. I work came at back a into the classroom too. and I was crying. And all my friends were laughing. Like, oh, you're trying to act cool, act bad. See, but, my grandma learned the fist bump um, when I was in high school, mm. and so she became pretty cool. So that was exciting. Oh, okay. At least okay. you know, the substitute teacher. Give me some grandma. Yeah, what exactly. What's your dad? Oh, I, my dad was a high school art teacher, but he also taught. You know. And a few of the schools that I was in, I got to be honest, I was on my best behavior, man. I, no, I was like an angel. Hey. Didn't want no smoke. I bet. No, didn't want no, cause, hey, didn't want the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't get it. I, they wouldn't take me to the, to the closet where the paper is that he would, I would just know that it was smoldering until the end of the day oh yeah it'll get at home some, at some point you gotta go home right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta sleep gotta and eat that, and, and that's worse than anything just like oh my god the anticipation yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah yeah no i feel that i feel that definitely all right so next one here we go oh what is what is what after school activity did you quit as a child and why? And I'll go first. I remember we had free, like they had free, the music teacher had free instrument lessons after school. Like every day was a different instrument. And I used to go to guitar and I quit. And to this day, I regret it. In sixth grade, like I went the whole year and uh, we had two recitals, one at Christmas time and then one at, towards the end of school. And that end of school one, like we were able to play like a whole song. There was three of us. I think we started out with like five of us. And at the end of the school year, there was three of us. And, man, we could play a whole song. And I just quit after that. I never went back. Seventh grade, they still had it, but I just didn't go anymore. Man, you could have been at the Opry right now. Could have been like the School of Rock. Could have been downtown getting some extra change, gas money prices up. Can we want to play a couple (laughs) of songs, get some gas money? That's what your sign would say, too, is gas prices too high. Anything helps. F these gas prices. <laughs> Mine's exactly the same. I quit piano. Oh, I yep. My sisters could all do it, and I would sit and I would just itch at the at the piano bench. I don't know what it was, but I would just get mm. just just agitated. And I, my mom was finally like, yeah, "Maybe you shouldn't do this." I, like, <laughs> I think it's bad for me. I don't know why. Did it break out in hives? <laughs> yes, no, seriously, I, I just, it, there was something about the pressure. I don't know why I felt clear up when you get away from the bench. <laughs> oh, it got immediately better. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Wow, I I uh, quit the. I guess it was Boy Scouts, it wasn't Cub Scouts, because I was a little older than that. Yeah, and honestly, am I thinking at the time was this is boring? Yeah, like the their act. I mean, it was okay, and I thought it was you know because every a couple of my friends they were in there, and their dad was a troop leader or whatever they call them. I can't even remember. I don't know, but. I thought, man, these guys are kind of kind of squares. This is boring. Yeah, I want to you know, run around and do my kind of thing, which was basically nothing. But yeah, yeah. So where was that at? It was in Arizona. Oh, okay. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. So about the seven. Interesting fact: like the oldest troop in Billings meets here at this church oh. on Monday nights. Wow. Boy Scouts. Yeah. Like, I already know how to tie knots and light fires, so I was already good at that. I always had matches and our lighter on me when I was a kid. So I'd start little fires just for 
You guys have programs? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have programs? <laughs> I'm riding with the Millers. You guys are getting paid. Oh yeah, <laughs> I quit the girl version of that as well, but mostly because I was mad that the girls were sewing pillows and the boys were playing and camping and fun, uh, and I wanted to do what the boys were doing, but they wouldn't let me. So I, oh, I protested man. and quit. I was like, "This is sexist," you know, little third grader. I had lots of opinions. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he kind of militant from early on, huh? A little bit, a little That's bit. Cool. I did not like That's the different. Cool. Differential treatment. I, was uh, like, I respect um, that. I respect yeah. that. Let me play hard. Yeah. Social justice. <laughs> Early on. What about you? We didn't have programs in Lost Grass. Oh, like, we didn't. I don't think, like, I, I don't think I did anything. The only thing I remember looking forward to as a kid was, like, basketball at, like, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I think it was fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't have a lot of, well, we had, like, catechism and, you know, youth nights and stuff, but we never had, like, Band after school, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Lodge, Lodge Grass was a good community back then. Mm-hmm. So like, you had, like, somewhere to go after school, um, wasn't associated with the school, but you had, like, catechism, you had uh, youth night, you know, they'd open up the gyms. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah I and also, I lived out in the country, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, that uh, makes a big difference. We had CYC out there in Pryor. Um I think that was every Monday nights. I used to go to those at Mission. Yeah. 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 In fact, we had a couple of times they took a whole busload of us and we stayed at that church in Lodgegrass. Where at? Oh, man, I can't remember. The orange Our, one? Our Lady of... Loretto? Lore- yeah. yeah the yeah, Orange Loretto. One Catholic Church. Huh. I almost said burrito. <laughs> it was something. <clears throat> yeah, but we didn't have... Yeah, we didn't have Boy Scouts. But they let us... Yeah, Girls Club. I remember we watched... Um, Pet cemetery over there. At the Catholic Church? At the Catholic Church, yeah. It was Halloween even. Uh, what? We what yeah, and we went in there and we watched uh, Pet Cemetery and I kinda Yo, was, I, I was I wasn't gonna admit it at the time, but yeah, that kinda spooked me. No, I mean like the whole premise of like Pet Cemetery, I was like to me when I watched it, even as a kid, I was like, This is dumb. Oh, okay. But you know like was, that, what I that didn't like dog doesn't even Look good, like how could that kid be like, oh my dog, touching it and it's all gross. Yeah, it smells like. <laughs> I was like, that's not real. But it, but what I never do that. What I didn't like, or well, what I don't like, is that old Indian burial ground thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ground went sour. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving along. What totally rad expression did you overuse in high school? Mine, I'll go first as usual. <laughs> I, I said for show way too much. <laughs> for show a lot. <laughs> for show, for show. I'm trying to think. Oh, man. They'd ask me a question, I'd be like, oh, for show. <laughs> big old baggy pants. Yeah, big old goggles. Bang. <laughs> goggles. Jinko <laughs> jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of. Something, um, I don't know. Like, I basically talk the same way I do right now. Like, cause you know, like I always say, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you know, that's cool. But that was that's always been my go-to. Yeah. Uh, Oh, what? Uh, We always used to say, "Oh, that's too western." Oh, too western. Yeah, and then when I think cowboy, I don't know what that. It's like, it's it's kind of. Our country. 
Too country? Not too country, but it's like, um, it's too cool. Like, oh, man. Like, oh. It's kind of being, uh, like, remember when you say cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Okay. It's kind of, I don't know what the the <clears throat> adjective for that would be. Huh. But, like, see, say, say, uh, say you came in with a new coat. And we kind of thought it wasn't all that great. And we say, oh, man, look at your coat's too Western. You know, it's kind of a put down almost. Got it. Or like okay. kind of a. Corny. You think you're cool, but you're not. Yeah. Got it. You think you're cool, but you're not trying to act too uh, Western. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it. But know. we used so to So Western that. was cool? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> huh. Oh, that's straight West. That sounds even dumb. <laughs> I know. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. I used to say for sure that's too Western. <laughs> What expression do we use? Yeah, like overuse. Man, I think I cussed way too much. <laughs> I was too cool for school, you know? Like, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like use cuss words for commas in I your thought, sentence? Yeah, like I thought I was too old, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. Epic was having a really strong heyday in my high school years. Mm. Epic. Epic, yes. Epic. Used plenty. Herbs, like that. Herbs. That's what we would say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Herbs. Because I know, like, Epic. My junior year, that um, the Chronic 2001 episode yeah. dropped. And, like, yeah, I just listened to that all the time. And like, there are you no know, skits and watching a lot of Snoop videos and interviews. And he's always saying, for show. So I, was a, that, so I just said it all the time. <laughs> for show. For show. For show. Hey, it was cool at the time, I guess, huh? Yeah. MTV. I don't know. It was probably too Western. Too Western. <laughs> I am taking that one though. Yeah, I like that yeah, one. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm I don't know what it means, but I'm yeah. using it. You can, you can. Uh, I'm gonna bring make it my back. own meeting. Bring yeah. it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy it. Or, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I guess it's like um, in it. Yeah, you know that expression. In it mm-hmm. can mean so many. It can mean good. It can mean bad. It can mean I agree. It means I disagree. You know. So I guess you can use it in all, a whole bunch of different ways. Depending on your tone, I think. Yeah, yeah. the accent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Western. That, that's, Western. Too, that's too Western for me. Was he the likes of Western? <laughs> <laughs> or else maybe you do agree. Oh, that's Western. Yeah. <laughs> no. When too you said Western. it, that, yeah, that was too Western. Too Western. Okay. What's the worst job you've ever had? And I'll let, allow you guys to speak first. I think it was when I first got like sober and and like my first. Um, so I worked at this place called Quickrete. I'll name it like is Quickrete, but the guy that was there wasn't a good leader. Uh huh. Um, and I got fired after at the end of the day. Oh, was that that one? The first day you got one fired. Day. <laughs> one day, and I was an adult, man. I'm like, damn, really? And I'm like. Went to the homie that's working with. I'm like, damn, I just got fired. He's like, for real? Like, for yeah. real? <laughs> Dang. Told me not to come back. You can come back though. You can come yeah. back. <laughs> At least you fired on your day off. Huh? Yeah. I know. Get accused of stealing boxes. Man, trying to build a clubhouse. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> about you, JC? Um, <clears throat> worse. I don't know. There's so many ways you can think of worse. Uh, I think like I used to work at Doc and Eddie's when they had that, the bingo parlor in there. Uh-huh. And the only reason why is because I had to go over there at five o'clock in the morning. 
Mm. And I'd be in there by myself all morning, and it was just like, I'm just I'm not a morning person. You guys already know that, but true. <clears throat> so for I, show. So I I would show. I would I would go clean part. I do part of my duties, and then before everybody else started coming in in the morning, and all the cooks and whatnot, I'd go in that bingo parlor and put some chairs in the corner and in a little row and take a little snooze. Mm-hmm. And they caught me. Wow. Hey, what are you doing? I just making sure these chairs are you know up to par. I, I didn't say anything. I just kind of jumped up and oh, and then, fell asleep. And I, I must have dozed off. <laughs> but I mean, I hated that job because you know cleaning the bathrooms and vacuuming that bingo hall, and it was just yeah, ugh, it was mind numbing by yourself. Oh yeah. And so I mean that's probably one of the worst. Hmm. I think. Another way to think of worse is I, I used to be a telemarketer, which I think is, you know, nobody oh, really? like, no, yeah, nobody likes those. They, you know, like when you get the bed, and this was before cell phones, right? So you're sitting at home just about to eat dinner, and then here I am calling up, would you like to buy some magazines? Got a free 30-day trial period for you. <laughs> but they had this whole spiel, like, if, no matter what you say, it can. I have a response. Boom, flip to that page yeah. and give you that one and then it just rebuttal just, after you rebuttal put your own spin on it or yeah. did oh you? yeah i'll yeah, yeah. well, see and, and i felt bad doing it because i would get i knew these people didn't want these magazines but yeah. somehow i could get them to do it yep just by using my personality yeah and uh man it was like i felt bad but it was the most fun i ever had yeah <laughs> because like okay so you start in the east coast and then work your way west as time goes on because of the hours yeah and so like i'd start in the east and i'd listen to whoever answered the phone and i would try my best to mimic their accent yes. oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh i love that and so i would kind of like i'd call the people down south and yeah is mr smith in he just went out the door oh okay did he go to the stove <laughs> <laughs> no it just <laughs> it was so it was fun. went out the dough for some more for show yeah, for, for show, show. <laughs> <laughs> so. i was a telemarketer for a while yeah. but i enjoyed it because i i put on my headset and like I just like I got to the point where I had my spiel down because they were all very similar, no matter what the yeah. free thirty day trial period was. I mean, you just had to sell a thirty day trial period. I figured out, so I'd have my sketch pad there and all my markers and stuff, and I just draw tags my whole shift. I wouldn't even look at the screen until someone was like, "Oh yeah, I'll try it out." Then I'd be like, "Okay, I gotta read through this," and then boom, read through the thing, complete the sale, and then go back to drawing until I got the next person. Man, just my whole shift. I'd just be Where drawing. Where we at, Nova One? Uh, telemarketing USA over there by Elks Lodge. Okay. Yeah, I did that. I think it's like a church now or something. Did you use your name, your own name? Yeah. Because they told us we didn't have to use our own name. And so I used to tell people, I'm like, oh, this is Leo Fast Elk. <laughs> Fast Elk. <laughs> you, know where, you know where I got that? Where? where? You ever watch Thunderheart? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't but, remember the name. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember. Well, I don't know why that one. Well, he's the guy that they were investigating his murder. Okay. And they said, oh, Leo Fastalk. And the other guy goes, well, not fast enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but then, <laughs> then I'd be sitting there talking. Yeah. I'd sit there and be, I'd be talking to them. And then, um, you know, you write up your piece of paper and then I put it in the middle. And then the supervisor comes and picks it up. Then they have a closer, right? So yep. the closer would do their thing. And then they'd ring a bell, ding, good sale, Leo Fast Elk. And I'd go, yeah. <laughs> ding. Where ding. were you a telemarketer here in Bellings? Yeah, at Lamplighter Square. Oh, way over there? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, I, did, I, was, I did Nova One at uh, right by the Bayou. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't good space then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I had a job because probation wanted me to have a job. Yeah. Yeah. In all honesty, I, I probably I'm wasn't drinking. in a good space either. So, yeah. but I, it was. Yeah, I do feel some felt some guilt, but I did have fun doing it. Yeah. yeah, I always felt bad after it was like an older person because I was like, man, they're gonna forget to cancel this thirty day trail period, and it's just gonna keep charging their credit card every month. Yeah, like that's the only time I felt bad. I'd almost be like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" <laughs> you know what? On second thought, no. <laughs> okay, like- good choice. Thank you. <laughs> Josiah, can you come to the back? Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> like uh, Mr. Incredible, remember? I'm not telling you to hang up the phone right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think my worst job was when I worked for the government. Because I was in cubicle land for nine years. Oh. Overstayed six. Because after the third year, I figured out that um, you weren't promoted on production. It was all seniority and who you knew. And so after I knew I didn't have any chances of moving up, I just started slowly sinking into a dark place. And I I tried to leave for six six years. (laughs) I tried to leave for six years, but that office wouldn't let me go. And they called it the snake pit. And they told me they called it the snake pit. I was like, "Ah, I'll move up fast, blah, blah, blah. Nope. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Why was it called the snake pit? Because once you get in, you can't get out. Dang. Yeah. That's tough. Yep. Now I'm depressed. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good place to end the episode. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. What about you, Jordan? (laughs) Oh, babysitting too many children as a child you know that whole thing where someone's like you should babysit our five children and sometimes the four other neighbor kids that come over and we'll pay you maybe a dollar an hour you know that kind of a thing when you're dumb and yeah yeah 6 a.m to like 6 p.m just yeah (laughs) yep it was too much for a 15 year old or whatever it was at the time what was your first job then my first job uh was at burger king what you First job? Um, shoot, I can't even remember. It was, it had to have been like a janitor job, something like that. Yeah. Mine was at um, Athletic Park. Oh, at the, where the baseball field is? The old baseball I used field? To, there used to be a base, uh, uh, swimming pool there. Yeah. Your lifeguard? Man, it oh. sucked. I wasn't lifeguard. <laughs> I was the janet, the maintenance oh, yeah. guy. I just like, man, I, they had me sweeping sidewalks out there. Okay. Sidewalks and the pavement. And a jumpsuit. But the cool thing about that job, though, was <laughs> I could go swim whenever I wanted. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that was like the perk, you know, but. Go swimming for lunch? Yeah, but it sucked <laughs> because it was like, I was pushing, yeah. <laughs> pushing the broom out there. Yeah. While everybody was swimming? Yeah. Oh, man. Then I'd go in there and cool off for a while and then get out and do some more. I don't think that was a bad job. It's just I wasn't meant to work then. (laughs) 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 I last about a month. (laughs) About two paychecks. Just wasn't my time to work. Yeah. Mine was on other things back then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's crazy that they took advantage of you like that with the $1 an hour. Okay, yeah. And sometimes nine children. 
Was it was it a dollar a child for a child? Oh no no no! Oh, are you kidding (laughs) me? Like for all of them? Oh yeah, and cook cook all the meals that day because I just oh it was for like the whole day. Oh god, yeah, like six a.m. to like six p.m. I wasn't even I didn't even have a car at the time, so I could well yeah I didn't have a car for a long time, but oh it was just. Yeah, got taken advantage of, but that's very normal in the babysitting world. Uh, I don't know if you guys were in the babysitting world, but but yes, they, you know, they take advantage of nice people. (laughs) Oh, I bet. I bet. Like, I I don't know. I've always had my kids with me, so I don't think I've ever really utilized babysitting. Child care costs (laughs) now, my goodness. It's so expensive. We all got smarter, I guess. That was after my time, though. I was still dumb. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it for... $20 $20 a day. Yeah. It's a good business to get into now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. People are really intense about their kids, though, now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very specific. Very specific. Okay, I got one more, and then we'll get into the interview process. Uh, oh. oh, are we not harmonizing? There goes the bass. Uh, go ahead. Oh, uh, nice. uh. What is the most ridiculous thing your parents did, ever did to embarrass you? Oh, God. Ding, ding, ding. I know you got one. Go for it. <laughs> um, I have so many. <laughs> I was easily embarrassed. Oh, okay. Let's go with the one that sticks out the most. Sorry, Dad. I think you're going to hear this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He is a little theatrical and enjoys a good show. Okay. So my sister was madrigal singing, I think. Whatever, Renaissance singing. I don't know. They wore dresses, something like that. My dad dressed up as a jester and had on green tights and like the puffy the puffy pants things. Like the puffy knickers. (gasps) And there was a hat. There was a whole... I about died. It felt like the worst thing that had ever happened to me. Now it's funny. Then yeah. it was horrifying. So, yes. And he was loud and proud um, of himself the whole time. So, yeah, that was, that was, he went full tilt. Yes, that was, wow. that was a good one. How'd you handle that? I ran. I ran and hid. I'm turning red just thinking about it right now. Oh, it was so embarrassing. And he knew. He loved it. I don't know why. So, oh, I bet. Yep. Yep. I could, I could see myself doing that. <laughs> Yeah. To my kids. <laughs> well, it sticks. It burns in there in case you're wondering. <laughs> 30 yeah. years later. Going for the shock value. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Green huh. man legs. Not sure it's my thing. <laughs> Green man legs. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? I don't remember anything in very, like. Yeah. I'm sure there's something like like my mom. I mean, you know my personality. And my mom is, I think she's crazier than I am. Mm. I mean, she's just so fun, love, so fun <laughs> loving and she's always laughing. She's always doing crazy things like you just said. And so I was just, you know, I'm just used to it. Like one thing that I can say that's annoying is like she's the one you don't want to sit next to in the movie theater. Oh, yeah. Because she'll be jumping. She's having a conversation with the movie. No, no. Okay. Because, well, she has this laugh, right? And it's just, it's infectious when you hear it. But. When you're in the movie theater and she's the only one cracking up because she gets she gets all the jokes like <laughs> like there are things that are mildly funny but she just thinks it's hilarious and ah. <laughs> so yeah I mean I man my mom's probably gonna listen to this too so I know she's gonna call you and say what'd you say about what me, did boy? you see boy no but she she's 
I can't say she's embarrassing because I do the same thing. <laughs> you know, I I'm the same way. I so my personality is just like that. But my dad, on the other hand, his his thing, he's real dry. Uh-huh. He, but he says like the goofiest things. Mm. Like, oh, I remember. Okay, so there's a restaurant. I think it's in Phoenix, and it's like they got this Western theme. But the waitresses they so have so Western. Yeah, it's too Western. Got it. <laughs> but the waitresses have us uh, little fake six shooters. They got <laughs> no. holsters and stuff. No. And this lady comes up to our table to take our order, and he kind of looks at her and says, "Don't shoot." And I <laughs> <laughs> Or oh, embarrassing, like, yeah. And embarrassing. Or else, or else uh, when we go, when we went to uh, Outback, um, there's a sign on the door. It says "Sorry, mates." Were I can't remember what the, the sign says, but it says "Sorry, mates." Something, something. Yeah. And we go in there, and then the lady goes, "How many?" And he kind of just without even you know the slightest bit of humor in his voice, he goes, three hungry mates." <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. I don't know if this one is like I don't think I was, I'm like even to this day I'm not really embarrassed, but like the most shocking thing I seen my folks do was we were playing in the basketball tournament. Remember they used to be at three on three, rock the rims, West Park Plaza in August. <clears throat> uh, we were playing in that, and it was this tournament was rough, man. There was fights all the time because there was no refs. They just had a scorekeeper at the court. No refs. Call your own files. And so this was like championship game. And the scorekeeper like started intervening on the fall calling. So towards the end of the game, the ref or the scorekeeper was like validating the other teams. Like when they call a foul, like he'd say, okay, foul. They called a foul. They called a foul. But when we called a foul, nothing. He wouldn't stop the game. And, you know, it's a native team versus a white team. And so every time we called a foul, he didn't stop the game. But when they called a foul, he's like, they called a foul. Stop, stop. They called a foul. And so we ended up losing that championship game. And my folks came out the crowd and they went over to this guy. And I thought they were going to kill him, like beat his ass, man. They were in his face. That scorekeeper was like. His bottom lip was shivering and they were cussing him <laughs> out. They were in his face, man. And I remember I was just like, holy shit. You know, I just got really done. Happening? I just played, you know, I just played a really intense game in like 100 degree weather on blacktop. So I'm exhausted and I'm just standing there watching. I'm like, holy shit, they're going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting scared just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, I, mean, I I just remember looking at that scorekeeper and he was like, man, he was holding on that clipboard and it was shaking and his bottom lip was just shaking and they were just cussing him out. That's when you slowly dissolve stage left. I know. <laughs> Back out. Back out. Yeah, and like the rest of the parents from our team, man, they were screaming at him. It was crazy. But that was like not uncommon at that tournament. Like in the men's divisions, man, there'd be all-out brawls, just scraps. Boom, man, people get into it, just fighting. Because there was no refs. Rock the rims? Rock the rims back in the day. And it went away, I think, because of that. Now, as I take my kids to three-on-threes, they have refs. Which I was like, okay, yeah, there's not going to be any fights. Just one more person to get angry at. Yeah. (laughs) But two. 
I'm mid yawn. I didn't. I don't remember. My mom was kind of reserved out in public, so mm. she never really did any anything embarrassing. My dad was in. Um, did they ever embarrass you, like in front of family? Like you know, how parents are. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> like tell a story. Nothing sticks out. I think nothing. I was more like uh, I was more of a goofster. Yeah, like especially with my mom. But I don't. Nothing sticks out. Mm. Kind of boring. Had green legs. Come maybe on. I maybe I smoked those out. Maybe I, you yeah, know, I smoked know. those brain cells, huh? Yeah. When then you know you're the embarrassing. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I was like I was always doing stuff, kind of like you know, like how your dad's doing stuff. Like I would always embarrass my mom. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she's like reserved in public. You yeah. know. So what was always one doing. one thing that a big thing? I don't know. Remember? Like um, I don't know. I would just do stuff in the store. Oh, you know, yeah. make them laugh. Like put you know be goofy. Yeah. Um. But I remember my brother when he first got out of like when he got out of prison, right? And we were we went to Walmart and we were walking down and there was these two like women that walked past us and they were pretty. And so I like grabbed his I grabbed his hand like to make you know like, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the F man <laughs> His face got real red like, You know, so that was always me. Like yeah, I was yeah. the one that You're I was a doing, menace. Yeah, yes. I was doing stuff crazy. Like I do crazy funny. stuff. Like, yeah, but my mom was always like, Hey, don't be doing nothing crazy. <laughs> Knock it off. Yeah. But my brother's like, damn it, man, like so. <laughs> everybody you know <laughs> damn this guy that's man good, tell me what you did like, yeah no i remember like shortly after that movie elf came out like it went to the store with my cousins and i started doing that thing like the elf does um and he's like i'm in a store and i'm singing <laughs> i started doing that real loud we we're at, like champ sports in the mall and they all just like walked away from me <laughs> That was pretty funny. But yeah, my yeah, my family teases. They're like, "Man, you got it." You know, oh, yeah. my daughter, because I'm the embarrassing one. So, she'll mm. be tortured. We should have brought her in. Her, <laughs> have her tell yeah. some stories. She's got some war stories, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, right on. No, I think we're all warmed up. We're ready to go. So, DJ, if you're cute up there, why don't you hit me with that B? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right. Unspoken Words, episode 84 in the house is Jordan Friend. Traveled halfway across the state to be here with us tonight. Making it happen. Um, I'm going to give you the floor. So I want you to talk about what you're doing okay, um, and kind of like how you heard about us and why you wanted to be here today. Great. Sure. Um, So hello, everyone out there. My name is Jordan, um, and I recently got hired in a new position, um, and I'm working in overdose prevention, so at a statewide Mm. level, and it's a new program to come to Montana. So I'm I'm getting to be the first person to do this job. Um, So... I'm a public health analyst, which is kind of a boring title, Um, but I'm a public (laughs) health professional. Um, And so getting to focus on overdose prevention for Montana, so fatal and non-fatal overdose, um, is a new lane for me. I've kind of been in the medical community for a while doing doing work at the School of Medicine in Nevada Mm -hmm. um, and then doing some maternal and and child health stuff. Um, But stepping into this new role... um, 
I really wanted to look and see what resources already existed in Montana. Um, and so I found you guys just Google and yeah. looking at Spotify. I was like, there's got to be someone who's talking about addiction, someone who's talking about it, about what it looks like in Montana. Um, and then when I saw that you guys were indigenous, it just pushed it over the edge for me because I've been absolutely gobsmacked about the numbers. When we mm. look at the indigenous population, y'all are overrepresented in our incarcerated population mm -hmm. and you're overrepresented in our population that experiences overdose. So mm. you all are experiencing overdose at a higher rate than the majority population mm -hmm. is. And if I get the opportunity to be in a cool position like this, then this is the population I want to work with. Yeah. If you're experiencing it at a higher rate, then this is where I want the resources to go. This yeah. is where I want the information to go. This is where I want to be making relationships and partnerships and learning mostly is what I need to do. Yeah. I am not an indigenous person. And mm -hmm. so I can't fully understand what that experience is like. Um, but I can listen and I can learn and I can marshal the resources that I get to know about mm -hmm. um, for communities that you guys come from. Um, and so my goal is really <laughs> to steal ideas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's cool. I want to partner to learn what what are barriers, what are misconceptions, what do people think it actually is like, and what is it actually like. So where are we wrong? Um, what's working? What's not working? What worked for you all to... I mean, I've been listening along to your podcasts, and so hearing the bumpy road of recovery or yeah. as you guys call it, walking the red road, which I have so many questions about. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's kind of what I'm here today is to learn from you guys. Um, if you'll, if you'll let me. Um, so number one, does it surprise you to hear that you, that indigenous people are overrepresented? No, um, no, no, not at, not at all. Does that surprise anyone in your communities? No, no. Okay. So you say that very emphatically. Could you yeah. tell me a little bit about what the conversation is like currently um, in your communities? Is it something you're talking about often? Overdoses? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I understand that a lot of your world is also maybe alcohol addiction or alcoholism, you know, maybe not specifically just drugs. Overdose is kind of a really broad term. So any kind of substance that you're using to the okay. point where it's harmful for you. Mm -hmm. So if we can just broaden that term to yeah. that. Is it something that is top of mind or is it something that's just known that we, that, that we don't really talk about a ton? I think it's something that we don't really talk about. We don't really address it a really? lot. Um, but like with the influx of, of methamphetamine mm -hmm. um, being tainted with, you know, with fentanyl, fentanyl yeah. uh, the overdoses are increasing. Um, we read about, you know, you look at different reservations and mm -hmm. there's always a news story, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's something that's kind of taboo in our community because I think a lot of Native America is like, oh, let's not talk about that. Because if you talk about it, then it's like it'll happen. Right. Yeah. You know, like the cultural kind yeah, of the yeah. cultural aspect of our communication. Yeah, I think. And that's I believe like what he said there is like uh, kind of a misconception on a phrase that we use, like our words are sacred. And, like, there's a saying, like, even amongst the Crow tribe that says, Bacalisa, don't ask for things yeah. with your words. So um, kind of breaking that stigma, 
needs to happen, I believe, because if we talk about it, you know, I work in suicide. I worked in suicide prevention previously and going through those trainings and stuff, bringing up these issues actually gives people opportunity to speak, mm-hmm. gives up, gives people uh, that feeling, okay, they, they hear me, they understand me. Um, and, and then we can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, putting it on the table <clears throat> so that, we can have those conversations, but I think it starts with just breaking that stigma, like just piggybacking off what Randy said, because yeah. we aren't talking about it. Um, and, you know, you said brought in that term, uh, you know, there's, we're overusing like soda, mm. candy, sweets, junk food. Um, all that is happening as well. Definitely. And I think there's a there's another side of it too that we don't talk about because um, and that's shame mm-hmm. or embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And if I because if I say oh I'm an alcoholic, then all of a sudden I become the stereotypical Indian, you know, the drunken mm-hmm. Indian, you know, that everybody has this idea about, which isn't true. It's far from the truth. Um, addiction doesn't know color, doesn't know culture, doesn't know who you are, doesn't care. Yeah, And so I think, you know, a lot of people in the community say, well, you know, don't go talking about that because, you know, now everybody's going to think we're all like that. Mm. And and there's that there's that little aspect of it, too. But I always say, you know, and I've said this before, that the the way we exercise these demons is by calling them out by name. Mm. And that's the only way. Um, And it's hard. It's it's tough, like especially, you know, doing what we're doing. Um, because, you know, it's, it really hasn't ever been done before. Yes. Like, you know, to go out there and, you know, put yourself out there and say, okay, this is what I struggled with, Mm -hmm. you know, addiction and depression and and suicidal ideation and, you know, um, all these other, you know, thinking errors that we, that we have and, you know, uh, it, it was hard at first because it was, you know, like being the first one to kind of stand up there like that vulnerable yeah mm-hmm. and yeah vulnerable is the word and um you know i always said too that if i put myself up there i'm making myself an easy target but not only that i i i gave you the ammunition right yeah Just because of the things that i went through in my past but i firmly strongly believe that in order for me to help others you know experience the good side of life you know, and to be, to make our, our, our people and our culture really shine is that he, he always says that we have to heal first, but we can't heal what we don't know what's, you know, if we, if we don't acknowledge the fact that there is something broken, yeah, mm. then we can't, we can't fix it. Yeah. Wow. True, true, so, true. So that's so interesting because how did you get to a point where you decided you, you were going to? to be vulnerable and you were going to start this thing together and you were going to talk about things that might be taboo in your community. Um, what pushed you to that place? And I'm looking at you because I feel like you are the de facto leader or um, strong voice here. Yeah. No, I think it was just like for me personally, um, you know, running the talking circles here at the church, um, talking about recovery. Uh, I felt like, <clears throat> We collectively here, us three, like needed to get our experience, strength, and hope out there. Because mm-hmm. I had, 
you know, practice being vulnerable in the talking circles and in the AA rooms and <laughs> NA rooms with my counselor, with my sponsor, my spiritual advisor. Like, <clears throat> so I had plenty of practice of being mm-hmm. vulnerable. Um, and so when we jumped on here, you know, I had no qualms about talking about my shit. Yeah. You know, because I know, or the hope is someone out there hears it and it's like, oh, I went through, I'm going through that exact same thing, or I'm going through that thing right now, mm-hmm. or I think that way too. Oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. These guys get me. These guys are exactly like me, and they're doing it. You know, so that was the drive for me. Yeah. I love that you said that you had practice before that this happened. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that other Indigenous people get the opportunity to practice being vulnerable and having conversations like this? Yeah, if they're open to it. Got it. You know, because um, in the talking circles, we get a variety of people, walks of life, um, and more. Um, and it just varies with the individual if they're um, if they're being vulnerable in the meetings and sharing from the heart and really just kind of showing that they can be vulnerable. I have like more hope for that person because I'm like, okay, they get it, they're doing it, right? You know, but. If they're just like come in, talk about what they did that day or talk about the weather or something, you know, then I'm like, okay, this person doesn't get it yet. Yeah, they're not quite ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. That That is something very common in, in recovery is the stages of getting ready for those conversations and the fact that recovery is not straight and not one direction you're doing a lot of up and down and back around and maybe oh, we're yeah. trying <laughs> we're going to try that lesson again let's see if that sticks this time yeah did you find that in your own recovery walk that it was winding and yeah circular and i think it was because of like the red road to Albrighty book here that we have on the table and just Albrighty kind of gospel in general where it was like it doesn't have to be a certain way like it doesn't, it's not linear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the 12 steps are in a circle and you could be working on step one while you're working on step 10. Uh, you can do it. You know, it doesn't have to be one, two, three, four, five. Like it doesn't have to be that way. And I was like one of the things that was appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is going to work. This is going to work for me. This is because like that you got to do this before you can do this. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. I hate that. Right. I freaking hate that, you know, so especially when it came to my recovery, yeah, you know, so this, the well-briety is like, okay, you use, um, you know, you use Catholicism to stay sober, cool, you use traditional ways to stay sober, cool, you're uh, evangelical, cool, come on, let's go, right, let's walk together, let's do this, you know, and I was just like, oh, yes, Thank you. Yeah. Thinking bigger. Yeah. That's so dope. For sure. Do you have a thought? Um, I think for me, like, I always, so, like, I was in ministry for the past six years, right? Like, um, after my life changed or whatever. But I think, like, I found, like, there was always power in your story. Mm. And I was never afraid to be transparent. I think sometimes I was a little too raw. Got it. But I think it's like learning how to like refine that gift, right? Of, yeah. of like, okay, I'm not oversharing, but this part's important. Yeah. Um, and, and refining that gift of transparency. And, and because I found like when you're vulnerable, especially with the population that we deal with, mm-hmm. like it causes them to open up. Yeah. 
you know, like if I share my story and I'm like, hey, like this is what I'm struggling with and this is, you know. Yeah. And then it, it gets the, the other person to see like, okay, like, hey, man, like just like he said, like, hey, I identify with that. Like we have more in common than we do different. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think, you know, back to, like I said, I, w- I was in ministry and there was one verse that, that always sticks to me. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Meaning every time that you're sharing, your, every time you're, you're sharing the things that you have been through, mm-hmm. like that's how you defeat whatever you're facing. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like you defeat it by sharing it. It's kind of like, I, I guess the way that I, the analogy that I would use is like 8 Mile. You guys familiar with 8 Mile? Mm-hmm. Remember the last round when he was like, remember Cheddar Bob? He was like, well, hey, man, what are you going to do when, when they do this, this, and this? And yeah. then he started thinking. He's like, you know what? Like, like he didn't want to hear it, right? But he, like, he, he brought all the weapons, and he's like, this is what they're going to use. Mm-hmm. And he so said when, it. Yeah, so when he got on stage and he grabbed the mic, he said everything that they were going to use against him. So it became powerless at that point. Wow. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, he, he's saying, like, hey, I'm giving you the weapons, but you can't hurt me with something that I shared publicly. Right. Mm. You know, I'm ready. Like, and, and it's kind of like, you know, before, before we get to healing, man, like, we really have to reveal that thing. So, like, if there's a problem, we have to admit that there's a problem. Yeah. And that goes for, like, the rest of society, especially, like, with the state that the world is in now. Mm. Right, you're talking about like a population that's overrepresented in in the system. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, this now it's the time. And now is the time to have this discussion. Yeah. yeah, because we can no longer afford to shove this problem under the rug. And this is what we've been doing. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a meme on the internet about you know the people that that are against critical race theory, whatever whether you're for it or not. Right? Like, I'm not trying to get into that. It's just saying, like, okay, the people that are against it today were the same ones that were insulting this young girl for wanting to go to school. Right. Mm-hmm. But this country cannot heal until that problem is revealed. Right. You know, then you begin the process of becoming whole again. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it is beautiful. Like, there is beauty in differences. Like, there's beauty, like, in all of us sitting around this table. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um so I think like it loses like it, it, it there's there's power in being vulnerable mm-hmm. and especially with the population that we're dealing with, man, like it's really literally life and death. Yes. Yep. We see it at a higher rate. Mm-hmm. Yes. And all of us in here have been connected to or know someone directly connected to us that has died because of drugs or alcohol. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Um but for a long time, like I said, like our our community has been like, hey, don't say that. Don't ask for those things. Yeah. But it's like, hey, no, man, this is a problem and we have to discuss this. Yeah. You know, so it's all about learning and growth. Does that make sense? Just keep talking. <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> Sorry. You're but, so inspiring. <laughs> so it's really like, you know, like rather than like, hey, like I'm not sharing this information because I'm against you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sharing it because I'm like, hey, there's this problem, and this is the solution, but you're on this side and we're on this side. How are we going to build that bridge so that all of our communities can benefit from this relationship? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. So, like, if the numbers are, are – if Native Americans are overrepresented in, in these institutions, it's like, okay, why? Which brings me 
you know, to like things that are happening currently, like with the whole situation in Billings, like the whole, you know, the police shootings, like a lot of them aren't bad, right? Like I, I, I work directly with, with some policemen and, and they're fine. Yeah. But my question is like, okay, so with the most recent ones is like, why are these two, um, why, why, why was the end result this way with these two? And then you, you take the instance that happened in the Heights in an affluent neighborhood. And you're like, okay, so why did the training work here when this man was walking outside with his weapon knocking on neighbors' doors? So all of a sudden, why did training, why was it efficient? Why was it effective mm-hmm. in this instant? But it wasn't like the end result was like two lost lives here. And I would never want to become a police officer, but I'm saying like those are the questions that are being raised, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we can't afford to continue to sweep them under the rug. Yes. And just because we bring it up, it's not like I'm not saying like, hey, I hate you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, this is happening too much. Let's start. Let, let's have a discussion. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. have this tough talk because when you have deep discussions, it often leads to deeper relationships. Right. You know? Yes. Like it, 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 and that's really what it's about. Like we're, we're, we're a society that continues to grow. And America can be a beautiful country. It is on paper, but it can be even more beautiful if we start putting, you know, actions to what we're saying. Yeah. Like Josiah, like we always talk about being boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like we're done with having meetings with higher ups with people that aren't affected by what we're going, that, that what's happening in our communities. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yes. Like we can talk about it all day and we can have a meeting about it, but it's like at the end of the day, who's on the ground with us? Mm-hmm. We are. Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah. And I don't see nobody. Right. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I come from a small community, so Deer Lodge has about 3,000 people in it. And I know that that is, I think people look at a rural community, if, if I can say that that's my experience, maybe it's similar to an indigenous experience. But I can look at a rural community and we can say, we have no resources. We have, no one cares about us. Mm. You know, we, we don't have people who are practicing medicine or whatever it is in, in our, in our area. But I would rather we look at it as our strength, that we are close, that we know each other, Mm. that we can be that supportive thing. Maybe that's not where we're at right now, but is, isn't that the better route to think about our, our closeness as our strength, our ability to know what's going on in our community, right? You're, you probably know, who lives down the block from you or your family is close to you or something like that. Uh, My grandparents live in town, that kind of a thing that you would care more because you know more. And my hope would be that we could as Montanans decide that that's what matters more. Yeah. Right. Our suicide rate is some of the highest in the nation. Mm -hmm. This is, this is a a problem of chronic loneliness. This Mm -hmm. is a problem of chronic like lack of resources. We live mm-hmm. in a place where it's tough to survive. Yeah. We kind of have to do a lot on our own. Yes. I mm-hmm. mean, <laughs> yeah. we're the end of the line. Things, yes. <laughs> things come here last. Um, yeah. so, so our community has to be our strength. Our, our working together has to be our answer. If, if we're sick at this rate where we're dying, like right now, Accidental overdose is the number one thing killing people under 50. Number mm, one. Yes. Above wow. literally anything else. Accidental. Wow. Accidental overdose. Is that nation or in Montana? 
that is nationwide. Okay. This is the number one thing killing people wow. under 50, which Dang. is surprising for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be gloom and doom here. No, no, no. <laughs> but That's I do good. believe that the Info. realities of what we're up against can help us be a little bit more focused in our response. Yeah. That that these blue M30s, these fake Oxycontin pills that are laced with fentanyl are killing our young people at a really prodigious rate. We we can't stand by and let that keep happening, is my opinion. Um, yes. and, so, and it takes a community response. We have to care about each other. We have to check in on each other. We have to, uh, when something's happening in our community, we have to talk about it and tell people and decide how we want to respond. Yes. I'm curious w- what a response looks like in, in your community. Who, who are the movers and shakers? Who, who cares? Who wants to make those decisions? Who rallies together? Like, mm-hmm. is it you guys? <laughs> are you guys the guys <laughs> who are making things happen? Are you guys the guys that are investing and caring? Um, I got to see you guys in action last night in your community um, and absolutely loved the event. Remind me who did the fashion uh, brocade stops black eagle your stuff is amazing i want to buy some stuff so <laughs> i'm gonna find yeah. you somehow <laughs> she's on instagram on facebook Got it. okay and stuff, so. <laughs> i will text you afterwards and i will find her yeah um but you know i look at things like that um and i i don't see that in my community that often and so i look mm. at things like that and i go oh that's so interesting I'm, yeah. I'm curious if these are avenues for revitalization and community coming together and Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see your amazing youth who are so focused on indigenous representation and seeing indigenous people in places that they've never been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sitting in the audience crying and just mm. like so thankful for just beautiful humans who are wanting to walk a really incredible and I can imagine hard path. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. And I think, I mean, just to touch on that whole, that whole overdose, overdose <clears throat> um, epidemic that's happening for people 50 and under, um, I think it just goes right back to addiction and then goes back to, like, lack of coping skills, lack of community, like you said. I mean, just the things of that we're called to do in, while walking the red road, you know, accountability, accountability transparency, community, and service work. Um, uh, hope. So those things need to come back. Mm. Like you said, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Like those type of things, we need to start caring about each other, uh, which is difficult. Like, it's hard because, like, if my neighbor comes over and knocks on the door, my first thought is, ah, what the hell does he want? Yeah, Why didn't you you text me first? Why didn't you text me? Why didn't you call? You know, so that whole whole mentality needs to shift, Mm -hmm. you know. so, like, I know I'm that way, so I'm figuring, you know, my neighbor's probably that way, too, so I don't ever 100%. go away. 100%. You know? Yes. So, that that whole perspective needs to shift. You know, so, hey, it's my neighbor, they might want something, or, you know, I might go borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs> yes. You know, something like that. Uh, that kind of mentality, that kind of shift, that whole community belonging together, I think really needs to come back, like what you're saying. Right. Um. Yeah. And in your work, what are some, like you're talking about resources, like yeah. to funnel those into communities and stuff. What, what do those look like? Yeah, great question. Um, the biggest thing that we're working on right now is a mapping tool. So mm. ODMAP is a mapping tool that maps fatal and non-fatal overdoses for the state and looks okay. at whether Narcan was deployed or not. Um, uh-huh. And so the first thing is to understand the magnitude of the problem. Ooh. And so we're looking at uh, somewhere over 420 overdoses for the year so far in Montana. 
um, and about 80 of those have been fatal. Now, we don't have a big enough population for those numbers. Um, that Those are pretty staggering numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we've got Narcan deployment in probably 165 of those situations. Um, our fatal overdoses are primarily without Narcan. Someone uh, is finding mm-hmm. someone who is using alone. So number one resource, if you're a person who uses drugs, buddy system. Narcan. Yeah. Buddy system to stay alive kind of a situation. Um, Narcan is free. We can connect you to resources so that you can learn how to use it and you can use it for your friends. A lot of, a lot of people who are having their overdose reversed, it's from a friend. Uh-huh. And f- so if you have people in your life who are using drugs and there's no shade or shame there, it's just, um, it can kill you pretty quickly. You know, alcohol is a longer disease. Uh, yeah. Alcohol will take a lot longer to kill you unless mm-hmm. it's a, like a DUI situation, something like that. Um, fentanyl will get you really, really quickly. Um, and they, they call it falling asleep. You know, you can take it and you're, you're out. I mean, like it is so, so quick. Wow. And so we don't have the time. We don't have the time to hit rock bottom. We don't have the time to wait around. And so um, really learning about those kinds of resources that your community can, can have. Are you guys, um, it, do you, have you done the Narcan training before? Yeah. Okay. Randy has. So, yeah, I, I carry a couple. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so now that we have get, are getting a picture of what overdose looks like in Montana, the next step for us is spike response. So when, when overdoses are spiking in your community, we have some resources for a press release to go out that we can, we set it up for you. So you plug and play. So you can let the community know that something's going on in your community, social media posts that we've created so that you can get on it. We were, we were having at the state level about 14 days response to an overdose crisis, which is, it it might as well, you never respond. 14 days. That is disgusting. And and that's on us Mm. with this tool. ODMAP, we are able to respond almost in real time. Okay. Like we can see it when the drugs come over, like from Spokane over to Missoula, and then they go up to 93, basically, is generally how it comes in on this side of the state. Sorry, on the side of the state that I live in. Sorry, I'm in Billings. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we can almost watch it happen on the map. Oh, wow. Mm. And so to be able to respond quicker and let your communities know around you, hey, heads up, I think there's a bad batch of something going around, like everyone on alert, EMS, fire, police, medical community, treatment and recovery, your peer supports, whoever you've got going on, your church groups, your local coalitions, whoever it is that is involved in this space and cares, Mm -hmm. can we mobilize quicker? Yeah. Can we, can we be talking about it quicker? Can we have these conversations with our youth and, and let them know that this is serious business and like, please don't ever take a pill from anyone that it was not prescribed to you because this is just real and dangerous. Yeah. They look like Xanax. They look like Percocets. They look like Oxycodone. They look like these things. Um, it's life and death at this point. Yes. And so. So on the map. Yeah. App. So how many overdoses before you can start launching? Great question. So we can set that spike response to, and, and we work primarily with your law enforcement, EMS, fire, and medical community and public health. So these are the people that are kind of in the situation. But if you are a part of the conversation, you can kind of have access to these things or get these alerts. Okay. So it, the system sets a natural number. Generally, it's about three. Okay. But in our smaller communities, three is 
astronomical. Three yep. is bananas out of control. And so we can set that to, you just get notified anytime there's an overdose in your area and we will respond. Okay. Me and my partner will respond. You guys know Will Janish. Um, respond and talk to you. Is this an actual overdose situation? Are you seeing an overdose in a rural community that's spilling over from a more urban community? Mm-hmm. So, you know, do you have proper Narcan in your area? Like, do people have it? Can we push resources your way? Can, you know, our DEA and those kinds of things, are they on the situation? We work with the FBI. We work with like everyone mm-hmm. to um, combat this. And so, um, yeah, I am curious what, it would look like in, in your communities um, just because I don't know if it's different or not different, you know, in an indigenous community. I don't know what the messaging should look like that I, <laughs> I want JC's help <laughs> to make the messaging more appropriate for this audience. Um, you know, what kind of things would your community respond to? What are the places that things should be posted? Maybe it isn't a Facebook post. Maybe there's a community spot where things can go up. You know, th- those are the kinds of things that, um, I just don't know because I don't live in these communities. And yeah. this would be the same as Sydney. I don't live in Sydney. What does it look like in Sydney? Mm-hmm. Where do people go in Sydney? You know, like any spot in Montana, we're looking to get connected with the people who care about that area and want to have these conversations and want to want to respond in a situation where you're seeing a spike so we can mitigate harm and risk for other people. Um, yeah. And I know, like, <clears throat> speaking just for our reservation, yeah. very rural. Um, BIA police department is like the only kind of official thing Got it. Okay. that's happening there. Uh, there's no fire departments. There is like wildland firefighting, but they're, you know, focused like on mountains right. and stuff like that. So to get the message out really on the reservation is like social media. It is. Okay. It's huge. That's great. Like Facebook. Media. Facebook still like is huge. Okay. Huge for like reservations. That's how a lot of people like, if they're having a plate sale or if they're having a function on a reservation, they make an event and like that's where people find out information. Got it. So like social Facebook, I would say. The newspaper. Huge. It's yeah. like the newspaper. Newspaper still? Okay. Awesome. I mean, no, no. I'm saying Facebook is like the newspaper. It's like the newspaper. Got yeah. it. I was like, wow, okay. The newspaper. Interesting. <laughs> still happening. Yeah. Because like for majority of the communities on the reservation, they have cell service. Okay. That's um, good to know. So... And is that and safe everybody, for Crow and Northern Cheyenne? Uh, probably, like, yeah, yeah down that way, Crow Agency, Lodgegrass, Prior. I'm not too sure about Northern Cheyenne okay. Reservation. No yeah. Great. Each community is, <laughs> each yeah. community, yes. Um, so, yeah, the Facebook thing is huge. Um, like, we're part, I'm part of these, like, community groups mm-hmm. within um, Facebook, like the prior or was it called arrow creek neighborhood watch yeah and people post on there hey there's a suspicious car at the corner store with like you know four or five men in there watch your kids you know and they'll put that out there got it so those things are happening great okay so those are the kind of resources to tap into okay great very effective very effective okay thank you that's helpful for me yeah. Um, and then whenever there's a fight, people go live and we can watch it. Yeah. Love that. That's good. <laughs> Just a good old street fight. <laughs> um, and, okay, I'm circling back to one thing. What do we, and I'll represent whatever it is, you know, white government, whatever it is. <laughs> what what do we get wrong? What do we mm. assume? What, you know, like... Where are my my stumbling pits? You know, what am I going to get bogged down by that just isn't real or isn't true or Mm. is just not not helpful? 
to the conversation. I think I like what Josiah says is like bringing the humanity back into the equation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like humanizing us. Yeah. Um, because Native Americans, for the most part, are very community oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one thing that's big in our community is relationship. You know, yeah. Uh, versus like mainstream society, where it's like, okay, like it, it's me. This is what I'm focused on. Everybody under this house, this is all we're. You know, individual, indiv- yeah, yeah, individual. Yeah. Um, versus like community oriented people, social people. We love social gatherings. We love to be able to get together. Um, which, like, you know, during the pandemic, we weren't able to do that. Mm. But, you know, like we're we're moving in that direction. We're moving in the right way. Um, yeah. So I think, like, for for the most part, I think it's humanizing uh, Native Americans. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's it right there. Just that. That and, you know, plus, like, a lot of healing needs to happen. You know, like you guys were mentioning earlier. And because I, I think of that, like, when I was the resource outreach coordinator out here, my um, spiritual advisor, mentor, sponsor, I was having this conversation. I was like, man, I don't know. I can't pinpoint one thing to help these guys on the street because majority of the individuals on the street here in Bellings are native. Really? And so I was like, man, I don't, I can't pinpoint like one thing to like, you know, go to them and be like, here, let's do this. Let's try this. Right. And like, you know, kind of like a cure-all. Right. Um, and so I was talking with him and then like he just came out and said, you, the reservation needs to heal. The people need to heal. And then I was just like, at first, you know, when he first said that, I was totally against it. I was like, I just don't know what he's talking about, you know. But the more I kind of let it marinate in my head and um, heal, I mean, the healing that just kind of like started to make a lot more sense. You know, and especially as I move further on my walk on the Red Road, I noticed that I was healing more and more. And seeing that healing within myself from uh, from my lack of coping skills and my chaos that I had in my life when I was in my addiction, all that trauma I caused for myself, yeah. uh, when I was able to start healing from that, then I seen the value of healing mm. just from implementing coping skills yeah. and surrounding myself with positive people who are walking the red road as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's very apparent with you three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you're on a journey together and you're supporting each other. And that's so inspiring. I look at I look at you three and I I wonder I wonder about the other six reservations. I'm I'm curious like about inspiring them to do something similar similar or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. I I see tremendous value in what you are doing. Do you get good feedback from the community? Are people Listening yeah. and engaging? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's crazy. Like, we get emails, you know, and it's, like, far back east, like, New Jersey, people listening and, like, saying, hey, you know, thank you for doing this. You know, yeah. and we even have, like, some individuals here in Bellings. They're native, but they're not, you know, in recovery. They they don't drink or use drugs or anything, but they're like, man, we just love to listen to you guys. <laughs> yes. You know, you guys are funny. And yes. You bring that native perspective on things, and it's just so, you know, I can just resonate with that. So it's like, oh, wow, that's yeah. cool. We got people that not even don't have anything to do with addiction or anything, but that are listening to us. Right. But I want to give 
your favorite Indian here an opportunity he's to speak. Over here. I know he's been he's been uh I see those wheels spinning this whole time. He's got something to say. Or he hates it. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's tumble. Let's go. Ditto. <laughs> no, man, I I just want to warn you because once I start, it's not going to stop. Um, if you ask me what you get wrong, I'm going to tell you everything. Everything. Fair. doesn't matter if you're law enforcement, government, uh, health, uh, healthcare worker, because it's, it's, it's ignorance, and that just means lack of knowledge, right? You, and, and to truly understand that, you have to understand that I am walking in two different worlds. When I go home to the res, my, my dad's from uh, prior, but my mom's from Fort Belknap. Gotcha. Two different reservations, but it doesn't matter. Where, if I go, when I go over there, it's it's different. There's a different culture. There's a different uh, a societal uh, structure. Mm-hmm. And then when we come here, it's, you know, we're walking in this contemporary world. Gotcha. And so when we're out there and we're seeking help from non-Indigenous people, a lot of times, our thoughts, our feelings, and our culture, and the way we do things, it's invalidated. Mm. It's like, you know, you're, they're still trying to push what they see as right, quote-unquote, onto what we, you know, onto, some, onto a completely different type of person. Mm-hmm. And so we were getting everything wrong. Got it. There's that disconnect there. And I know this for a fact because I've had... Um, people, counselors, um, facilitators in, in groups, uh, therapists, whatever. You know, when I try to speak about certain things, it's, it's like you don't even, you're not even hearing me. You just turn around and then you're going to tell me what I should feel, how I should feel, and the way I should do it. Whereas if I talk to Josiah, he knows because he knows who I am because he's the same. And I'm not saying like we're just some people from Mars or anything, you know, but we do have different ways about us. We have different, uh, like the, the cultural aspect. And, and you know, um, I'm not going to say all, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to get all black and white thinking, but most indigenous people are spiritual first, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just, that, that's just in our DNA. It's just the way we are. And so I think thinking with that going forward would be. Uh, no, I'm curious. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, no, that's fine. But, um, you know, so, I mean, that is, is, is a huge thing for us. And also, um, you know, the, our, our family ties. Mm-hmm. Because we, you, were, you were just talking about it um, earlier, you know, being from a rural uh, area. Cause, oh, my grandfather lives right over there. Um, I've heard non-natives say, oh, what are you doing for Easter break? And, oh, we're going to go see my uncle who lives in Minnesota. We haven't seen him for four years. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just saw my uncle yesterday. And he was, you know, like, that's just so alien to me. Mm-hmm. For somebody mm-hmm. to say, I haven't seen my cousin in five years. Now we're going to go to Minnesota and visit them. And now my cousin lives right across the field. If I want to go see him, I'll walk across the field. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, so, like, we're really close and we're really uh, family-oriented. Mm. And um, 
another thing too that I wanted to touch on is like how you can reach people. Yeah. They said they I mean everybody's on Facebook, everybody. So that's one good thing social media. But I don't care if you have to write a sign in crayon saying call this number if you need this, if you need that and you plaster it at the post office or if you put them up at the store somewhere where it's visible. Mm-hmm. Make put yourself out there like hey, this is what we're doing. Um to the point where there's no excuse to say, well, I didn't know about that. Yeah. You know, um, any, any and every avenue that you can think of is probably a good idea because we're human beings. I mean, hey, we're, we're indigenous people, but, you know, we, we, we know what the Internet is. You know? <laughs> we don't live in teepees. We don't live in teepees. We don't, we don't just that grow fair. Just that grow fair. And so, you know, it's it's like all these things that, that you can do. And then uh, Josiah said something that kind of stuck out, to, stuck out to me, too, is like when they have events. Like, hey, Crow Fair, you can go put a booth up at Crow Fair, right? To write this down. And, 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 just, and, and, and then just advertise it like, hey, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. Right. Come and get some information. Tell them, hey, this is life or death. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here to help. Yeah. And and get that information out there. The more people that you can get that information to, and then you know, it's like we we will take it from there. Because like, like oh, I go, hey Josiah, I just met this lady Jordan. Man, she does this and she does that. You know, and I think that it's real. It's a it's a good thing. And then he's gonna go tell Randy, and then Randy's gonna go tell you know, and then boom 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 boom. Mm. So it's kind of like that, almost like a word of mouth yeah. kind of thing, yeah. but. We have to, you know, the more people you can reach in any way, I don't think there's a wrong way you can do that. Because like you said, it's life or death. And to me, there's too much death. Mm. Way too much death. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, yeah. I, I, man, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Yeah. And yeah, I hope to not have a job. I would like to work myself out of a job. <laughs> that <laughs> right is my on. goal. <laughs> right no, I think with that, like, especially with like the Narcan, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like with the Narcan training, I think one of the questions that I encounter the most in the community is like, Hey, can I get, can I get that? Got it. Mm. But also I believe that when you're developing relationships with native Americans, consistency is key. Right. It's oh, yeah. like being visible, right? Like, so, like, one of the things that we're struggling with out here is, like, okay, we handle the drug addiction part. We get them in services. We get them, you know, in, in, in we, we get all this stuff. But what we don't replace is the family structure. Mm. Because a lot of our population, they become family out there. Right. And they leave, they, they leave shelter. They leave, you know, um, sobriety, recovery, because we haven't replaced family. So, I think, like, that's why I would emphasize consistency and almost becoming like you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah like be so visible that they know who you are right that you're not just gonna be here one day and then gone the next this mm. is what i struggle and, with and, exactly. yes. you know like then you raise your hand like yeah we did reach out there oh really when and we we're there for like two hours yeah we had a booth there for two hours right did and you he, ever go back no he, he, wow. he brings up a really good point too is like uh say not just my immediate siblings but my cousin, my first cousin, second cousin, like I, I, for the longest time, I didn't even know what that meant. Well, that's my first cousin. That's my second cousin, twice removed on my mother's side. And we're like, what's that's my that's my brother, right? Yeah, right. So like, if, if we're so close that, you know, I, I call these two my brother, right? Yeah, because that we just have that bond. And if you can form that bond on a personal level, 
then I'm going to say, hey, oh, here comes my sister Jordan. She's gonna, she's yeah, gonna you hang out long enough, someone's going to adopt you into their family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The dream. Yeah. And, and, and to, to us, that's real. Right. It's, it's more real than what we can put on a piece of paper and take to the courthouse. Right. Yeah. Right? That, that's, to us, that's just paper. Mm. But to, for me to say these are my brothers, that, that comes from mm. the heart. Right. And so when people see that, and they see that you're being genuine and that you are reaching out and you're trying to help. And especially, you know, familiarity breeds, uh, what do they call it? Oh, I can't, right? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I can't think of it either. But, I'm with you. But yeah, you know, like if you're around long enough, it's like, oh, there's Jordan. Right. Oh, hey, what's yeah. up? And then, you know, you'll know when you're accepted when they start to tease you. Yeah. Okay. I might call you O.D. Jordan or something. <laughs> Where's all the Narcan? Where's, Where's that O.D. lady? Where's that O.D. lady? Start giving you nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so not teasing done in a, is good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not done it. in a bad, yes. you know, with bad intentions. And yes. sometimes, you know, the dominant culture gets their feelings hurt because they don't understand. Right. Yeah. Especially native humor. Yeah, yeah like natives humor. will use humor. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about you guys. And I think that's, if I can be fully transparent, I think I feel uncomfortable representing a government agency, kind of. I have a funny structure in relationship with indigenous people because of the history. So I have zero interest in empty promises. I have zero interest in going back on things that were said. And you all know the history so much better than I do. And so I feel this discomfort in wanting to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? There's something I learned, you know, fairly recently, actually, is that you're you, the people you work for, that's a different entity. Yeah. But you know, yeah. So, I mean, because there were times, like, there, there was a time when I would say, "Oh, you work for the government. <laughs> Don't want nothing to do with you." You know, you're yes. a, you're Fair. A, you're a fill in the blank. One hundred percent. But, yeah. but if I know that you're coming at me genuine and you're like, "Yeah, my name is Jordan, and I'm this is what I want to do. I want to help as many people as I can." And I go, "Okay, well, you're not a government uh, employee. You're Jordan." Got it. Okay. So, like, you know, that's that's something that I had to. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Yeah, I but, can imagine. <laughs> but but they already said it. You put the humanity into it. Like this yeah. is a human being trying to help other human beings with resources that come from somebody, a place that we haven't had that much the greatest history with. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some things we just got to get over too. Yeah. I mean, not to. That sounds harsh. I didn't like mean it like that. But like we have to heal from. Right. Let's mm. put it that way. We have to yeah. heal that. Right. Because if I'm carrying that around, then I'm going to be resistant to any kind of positive things that you have to offer, mm-hmm. rather than just saying, "Oh, you know what? You're, you're DA. You're yeah. you're the feds." <laughs> you know? yeah. And I think, yeah, like I think, like a person, like a, a perfect example of that is like, okay, like with the whole like uh, boarding school thing, right? Like, which is like so, like to a lot of Native Americans, it was in the seventies, right? That's, like, fresh. But to, like, the thing that, so 9-11. Right. So it's, like, we're taught, like, never forget, right? Mm-hmm. And then the dominant culture wants us to forget what happened to yeah, us. The dominant culture gets to decide which things we're forgetting. Yeah, it's, yes. like, okay, this is important to us now today, yeah. but then what happened to you guys, which is just as recent? 
uh, yeah, also there were boarding yeah. schools in like 2018. So like, well, let's yeah. get real about that. But I'm saying like, you know, you, you completely dismiss that. Yes. But that's like, you know, it's, they're similar. Yeah. Can I ask a question about yeah. that? Sorry. Yeah. No, if we're going it. over time, I apologize. Um, yeah. when Indian we, time. Okay. <laughs> great. Yeah. When we think about like boarding schools and those kinds of things, and we think about treatment and recovery, especially if it's like an inpatient 30 day, is there a correlation in in your culture where that feels like a similar sending a family member away, will we see them again kind of situation? Cause I've, I've just been curious if that is, is touchy um, for people. I don't uh, th- No, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't, no, I wouldn't so say great. that. Okay. I think it just comes down to like a personal level. I know I remember when I was first like entertaining the thought of treatment, I was like, dang 30 days, you know, <laughs> but you know, once you get there and then they start talking to you, and I heard this a couple of times, both times I was always in treatment, it's like, this is just a small blip in your life. Right. Yeah. Um, which it is, you know, looking back, it's like 30 days, that's nothing. Right. I mean, I th- I thought it just now turned 2022, and we're in June now. You know. <laughs> we're going to be like, <laughs> just like August boom. tomorrow, yes. And, yeah. see, and see, that's one of those things that I will be harsh about, that we do have to get over that, because like you said, it's just, it doesn't matter where you go, how you do it. But do something. Mm. If you're hurting, mm. you have to do something. You have to reach out. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be that, you know, going back to that vulnerability. For the longest time, I would keep you at arm's length. I would keep these guys at arm's mm. length. Like, hey, I'm not going to let you in because I got some pain inside that only I understand. Mm. Only I get it. Mm-hmm. But, oh, and then, you know, vulnerability as a weakness. Right. But. What I've learned is being vulnerable isn't weak. It's strong. Right. Because it's the hardest thing to do. Mm. Yes. Mm. And so Mm. we have to overcome that false belief that vulnerability is weakness. It's it's an asset. Mm. And so as far as, you know, do I have to get sent away to treatment or do I have to go, you know, no, no, that that shouldn't. I don't think it is, but it shouldn't be Mm. either way. Yeah. Because, Mm. you know, um, you know, like I said, I don't care how you get from A to B. Just get your ass to B. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right? And on that note, like, if you're looking to get into the reservations and, you know, provide some resources or even just educational pieces, I can give you a template. Right now, powwow season is beginning. Oh, great. So every reservation is going to have a powwow between now and the third week of June, or third week of August, which is Crow Fair. Got it. You can go... Go to the powwow, set up a booth, pass out information, you know, have some swag that you can give out, get your name out there. And then while you're at the powwow, get in contact with whoever's running it so that they can announce if there's any school administrators here at this powwow, come over here, come talk to Jordan. And then boom, you just start saying, okay, I'm going to, I can come in this date through the school year. So you make initial contact and then you have follow through, boom, 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 boom. And then when you come in, provide that just come in with the educational piece they can call an assembly you go in you talk about overdose narcan the numbers um and how we're disproportionately represented in these numbers Mm -hmm. you know throw them that shock value yeah um to let them know and even if you can pull up numbers for that specific reservation yeah yeah you know i think that would that would be awesome okay i think that would be a great thing that you could do yes And I think another thing, like, okay, so growth happens when we're uncomfortable. 
and, and <laughs> you're you know, okay that like, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, so like <laughs> okay. it, you, we have to be comfortable in being uncomfortable. Got it. Because ultimately, it's about growing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to be, you want to gain relationships with Native Americans, and it's being intentional, mm-hmm. being genuine, like being who you really are. Because you got to realize, Native Americans are going to be your friends, whether you're in your position or not. They don't want to know the organization. They want to know you. Yeah. You know, so like we meet, like we're going to be like, we continue to meet. We continue to see you. And it's like, hey, man, you know what? I'm interested in you. I don't care about what you're working for. Right. You Mm. know, because it comes, it becomes that human connection. Does that make sense? Yes. Can I just have a conversation with you every morning just to like get my day going? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even trying to preach. (laughs) That that being said, um, you 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 can say, well, I, I don't feel comfortable. But there are going to be people on the other side, they don't feel comfortable either. So, you know, that door swings both ways. Right. And so we figure out, wait, how do we, how do we get over that? Yeah. What is it that we can do to say, you know, I'm JC, you're Jordan. Let's meet in the middle. We can, we can just forget. (laughs) And and one of the ways that we, 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 we like to do that is through that humor. Like if we're we're poking fun (laughs) at each other, then that kind of breaks down these barriers that, you know, without even hardly even trying. Right. And so, like, just to make a connection, but to say, yeah, I I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of conversations that we have to have that aren't comfortable. Right. I wanted to show up even though I was uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and, and see, well, that speaks volumes. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that says a lot to, like, to us. Like, last night when you showed up, like, we didn't even expect you to show up. Yeah. And this guy's like, hey, she's here. Oh yeah, I know. I think I don't think I told you guys I invited her. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's what volumes, you know. Last ones to know. <laughs> so, like one of the different, uh, one of oh, the yeah. big differences in in the dominant culture and the native culture too is like okay, so a lot of times networking, right? Yeah. Like we want to, like, what can you offer me? Right. And if you can't offer me anything, then I'm going to ignore you. Mm-hmm. Native Americans are opposite. What can I bring? Yeah. Got it. Like, hey, man, like, let's get to know each other. But it's more long term rather mm-hmm. than like, OK, just for today. I think I think that's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Relationships, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then one big thing, too, to like recognize about the word family. You know, I think we kind of touched on it this evening, but like family here, mainstream society, Billings, family, husband, wife, kids. When we say family here, that's what we're we're talking about. But when we go back home, and I use myself as an example, when I say family, it's like my dad, his brother, and his sister, and all their kids and grandkids. And that's like 60 people, you know. Um, so when I say family, I'm talking about that. Right. That unit. Right. Um, those are the people that come to my kids' birthday parties. Right. And then... On my wife's side, there's like another 30 people that come. So before any friends or any acquaintances, there's already 90 people at the party. Yes. You know, and it's very expensive. <laughs> parties are big. Yeah, parties food. are big. Yeah, a lot of food. <laughs> Potluck style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. Um, okay, I see us looking at our phones, so I, we, we're cool to wrap up. But I just do want to express major gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very welcomed, and yeah. I'm yeah. grateful for that. Um, and I look forward to further conversations. Um, and I am going to be okay being a little uncomfortable and keep keep having these conversations. Right on. Um, and I'd like to keep learning. So when I mess up, 
teach me. Yeah. <laughs> I got two more questions. Go so for it. someone's listening to the episode tonight and they're like, oh, I need to get a hold of Jordan uh, and find out more how I can implement her mm-hmm. into my community. How can I get a hold of you? Get a hold of me at jfriend, just like I am your friend, at cdcfoundation.org. jfriend at cdcfoundation.org. Shoot me an email. I would love to connect. Um, If you're a local coalition person, if you're a person who just cares about your community and you want to rally the troops over something, um, I would love to connect and provide you with resources and data, whatever you need. I'm a nerd, so I'm in the numbers way too often. Um, But (laughs) uh, let's help your community know what's going on so that we can actually put resources in the places that they need to be. Right on. Very cool. And then how can unspoken words support your work? Just keep being amazing. Um, I have some future (laughs) plans and thoughts for you guys. I'd love to chat with you offline about those. Um, There are lots of moving things, nothing's for certain, but um, I, yeah, I got some opportunities that I'd like um, you guys' thoughts on and um, presence if you're available. So, all right, cool. yeah. Yeah, and I think on that note, it's been a good episode, and I think yes. all, all... Where can I get one of those jerseys? <laughs> oh, we can order one for you. We can order one I'll for Venmo you. I'll Venmo you, yeah. But, but we, 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 we got it. We have to come up with your, your uh, podcast name. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Hey, somebody was just asking me about that today. What did he call you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dragon is what I've been going by recently. Oh, wow. So <laughs> is that like your gamer tag? No. <laughs> no, it just came out of my mouth one time, and now the people are calling me it. So there we go, it Dragon. Mean much. <laughs> the, no, we have to say The Dragon. Yeah, the, yeah. Dragon. the, the Dragon. D-A, The, the dragon. dragon. All right. I love it. All Thank right, you. you heard it here first. Thank you for joining us, The Dragon. The Dragon. Jordan Frank, a.k.a. Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> the Dragon is with us again tonight. <laughs> a.k.a. No, the Deer Lodge Dragon. <laughs> the the Deer Dragon Lodge. from Deer Lodge. <laughs> oh, man, I don't got no... Give me some horns. I got, I got no dragon noises. I uh, know. I got a horse. That's my horse, That's Karen. She always praises a visit. That's my horse, Karen. Karen. Yeah. My, Karen. my horse, Karen. Give me some horns. We gotta change the mood. I want to. I got one more question for all of us. All right, all right, all right. Do you do you watch basketball, NBA at all? Here and there. Here and there. Okay. So, what do you guys think about the game last night, Game Three? You watch basketball? No, I want to. Watch. Oh, <laughs> we forgot to acknowledge the fact that we had an audience of one yeah. this whole time. Yeah. Introduce yourself. yourself. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tyler Friend. I'm the behind the scenes uh, chauffeur. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And husband. Yeah. 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 One personal driver. I like bodyguard. What are they? Uh, what are the Hollywood types? Oh, personal assistant. Yes. There, exactly. you, go. there you go. Yes. Conversation prep. All hey, that. that was because she asked you to write something down. So write that down. <laughs> write that down. Yeah. Yeah. Like I made a mental note. Right? <laughs> this Stop is being here. recorded. And I go, oh yeah, it's being recorded. I can just go look it up. <laughs> Uh, So last night we emceed an event, the Sacred Sisters, Sacred Brothers Family Fun Night, put on by Bellings Urban Indian Health and Wellness Center. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Um, Man, we brought the energy. The crowd was involved. A lot of laughter. A lot of talent. Oh, yeah. A lot of talent that kids performed. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah, it was good. I, I felt, man, I was so hyped afterwards. I think I was up to like midnight at least. I wasn't the only one. I was up till one. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. About you, JC. You're about out, huh? No, no. Oh. I thought I was going to be as soon as I got. You know what? I was so pumped up, I forgot to eat. I went oh, to work this morning and I thought, when was the last time? It was yesterday at lunch. Okay. It's one of the last time. Or no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we didn't stop. Cause I was going to ask you to stop, but then we just went. And I was just so into it. And like, I, same thing. I didn't go to sleep until about one or, yeah, about one o'clock. Yeah. And I had to turn on the, I got those brain orum. It plays like certain yeah, freak yeah. sound frequencies. Yeah. yeah. That didn't even work. Usually it just knocks me right out. <laughs> that didn't even work. Like it got to the end of the, I never heard the end of it. It just shuts off. I know it was kind of weird. Yeah. Huh. Because yeah. you had too much drip going on yesterday. Yeah. You had the hat. You had everything going on. I loved oh, it. Man. You were too Western. Too Western. Too Western. Too Western. You were Western for show. I mean, the whole thing, it was Western epic. Yo. It was <laughs> epic. It was epic night. Epic audience. <laughs> epic epic Western night. <laughs> epic Western night for show. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody said literally. Uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> literally, that's that's the one well, I hear. All, like, I'm literally being figurative right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, one word that was always used. I didn't use it, but it was sweet. Oh, sweet. 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 Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. How about righteous? Righteous. Uh, <laughs> That was yeah. That, that, that must have been from the eighties. Yeah. Oh man, early eighties, early, early, early eighties. Yeah. <laughs> no, how about fresh? Oh. Yeah, fresh was. I like it. Cool. Yeah. I'm in fresh. fresh. That was fresh. <laughs> but maybe it's coming back around. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess some things are. Well, I know fashion for one because you see these uh, oh, teenagers and they got the ripped up jeans. I was doing that. In the eighties, yeah. So naturally, nat- I mean, they, I, just, I hear my they kids. They call the nineteen hundreds. Do you yeah. hear them oh, saying yeah. that? Nineteen yeah. hundreds. That one kills. Yeah, yeah, it does. My kids say "bussin, bussin," mm-hmm. yeah. and they say, or "my my daughter says that." So, oh, that's bussin. <laughs> um, and my son says "crispy." Oh yes. Ah, oh, that's crispy. Yeah, it's and man, <laughs> but you know what I noticed too is that uh, today. Everything just happens so quick. Like you can say, that, what, what did you say? Crispy. crispy. Yeah, you could be saying crispy this week and then next week it's something else. Yes. Yeah. And like you can't keep up. But you know what? Let the kids have their words because I'm going to keep my own. You know, that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to bring back for show. For, <laughs> for <Western>. show. <laughs> it's the commitment that yeah. I'm into. <laughs> oh, for show. <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of that one show. What was that one show? Remember that guy had that. Uh, there we go. Those goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Malibu's Welcome most wanted. The what, were the fu- what, what were the funny shows back in our day? Like the early 2000s? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. If you don't know, if you haven't heard our podcast, this is what he does. <laughs> it, makes sense sense to me. it makes sense to yeah. me. Uh, he knows what he's thinking. You know yeah. that one guy Sometimes that did the I thing? catch it. You just say yes, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. when he said, over there by Starbucks, I, I knew he was talking about that Starbucks on King on <laughs> Weston because they're like, I'm right. <laughs> but then I was like, I know what, is oh, it I know what you did last summer, whatever, with like Seth Green. Was his name Seth Green? Yeah. That little short guy with the goggles, remember? They were like in high school and they were at that party. And they had oh, a huh? I'm just gonna make up more of the story. Oh yeah, yeah. Know. But they but he had she like those, <laughs> No, no, that like was those, like uh, what uh, was it called? It's all about her or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. When they were stuck in the bathroom? Yeah. No. <laughs> I I yeah, he has like that. He's at the house party. He has those goggles yeah. on his yeah. head. Yeah, and he wears those great big old pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should bring that back. No. What was I, the name no. of the show, man? I forgot. I but I'm sorry, guys. If anybody uh, knows the name of the show? Go ahead and message us. They're, they're just as confused as we are. I know. <laughs> you know they're like, man, I don't even know what this guy's talking about. 
Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Season five. <laughs> Celtics in five, my prediction. I'm thinking Celtics in seven. In seven? Yeah, if it goes seven, back. Celtics for sure. If they win tomorrow, I'm going to give them, an, I'm going to say six. six. Oh, man, Golden State's way too dangerous. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't root for Golden State, but I got to They're deadly. Yeah. Yeah, they like, they have, they have, space, they yeah. have some yeah. potential, but, I mean, you can't just give something to them. They don't even need space. That's the thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He needs like a half a second, like half not a even a half a second, like a millisecket. millisecond. Millisecond, let's go. Boom. Sniper, cold-blooded sniper. Cold Dude, even blooded. Jordan Poole, like the other night, was it game two or game one? Game two, he went off, yeah. Yeah, it was game two from near half court. Oh, yeah, leader. right. Like, yeah, he shot it like a regular shot. Yeah. It looked like he just threw it up. He did like yeah. that in and out and then pulled up. Yeah, that was nuts. But there's, seemed like Seth Curry, does, I mean, Seth Curry. Yeah, Steph. Seth. Steph. Seth is his brother. <laughs> yeah. Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like he does that all the time too. It just seems like he just pops it up. Yeah, and then it, it goes in. It's like, man, you can't argue with results. Yeah, man, was, they put in like hundreds of shots every yeah. day, thousands probably. Faux show. Faux show. Faux show. Can't hardly wait. What's the name of the movie? Oh, there we go. Yeah. See, I knew he it was something. Sleep tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, look at there we go. Okay, yeah. the goggles. You got it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I remember that one. Now I know. What you're Next time about. you go to uh, for wow, sure, ninety eight, bro. That was ninety eight. Dang. When you go to the one by Starbucks, really it's long time three, ago. I was about three years ago. I was about yeah. three years old that day. Yeah, you were seven. Yep. Oh wow! I think I already dropped out of college twice by then. Fifteen. Fifteen. We yeah. were fifteen. 15 years okay, old. same, same. Yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomorrow. This guy's like 30. He's now entering his 30s. No, like 35, 36. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you hear what I said? I said, by then, I think I already dropped out of college twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, you're in your 20s, right? Mid-20s? Yeah. Mid- early. Early. Early 20s. 20s. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not get carried away. Back right. in the 1900s. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think there's a good place to end our We're going to be talking yeah. all night. Awesome. We're still hyped from last night. Hey, shout out to NADC, Billings Urban Indian Health and Wellness Center, for having us last night. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Jordan. The Dragon, for joining us all the way from Deer Lodge. Thank you. And your chauffeur, <laughs> yes. bodyguard, slash husband. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'd love to have you back again. You know, whenever you're in Bellings, let us know. We'd love to have you back and to see, get a report on how it's going. Thank you. Right on. So, with that, any last words, unspoken words? You got a friend in me. Yes, sir. <laughs> I've been I've been dying to say that all night. <laughs> oh, because of the name. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look who just caught up. <laughs> Maybe my name is Woody. <laughs> no, he could be Woody. There we go. Oh, Buzz and Woody. How about that? Oh, that's cute. I love that. There we go. Okay. All right. Halloween's oh, coming up <laughs> in like four months. Yes. All right, cool. Oh. Well, thank you guys out there, our listeners all over Flat Earth, for listening to us tonight. Keep spreading unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style. We are out. Deuce. Peace. Peace. What's up, Holler at your boy? This is your favorite Indian, JCB. Hey, yo, it's Randy B, a.k.a. Pod Gotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, a.k.a. Mo Hugs, Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.
The earth is not flat. Very flat.